so I see you got a desk. It's so nice. So I guess I should start by thanking our Patreon supporters for this lovely desk that I have that I put together all by myself. I'm very proud of that. So proud of that. So I actually found this at Big Lots and it was only... I know, right? It was only like, I think like 70 bucks. Nice. I know. And it's exactly what I was looking for. I'm really, really happy with it. It looks nice. It's a actually a really big desk. Fits the space perfectly. And I can actually do like my research at it. And like I actually did all my research at the desk. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's nice. I know. I know. It's feel, it feels really nice. And because it doesn't have a beveled top, I can mount <laughs> my um, boomstick. Yay. It's a miracle. So hopefully my audio will be a little bit more consistent now and it'll be less of a pain in the ass because it'll be in the same Woo-hoo. spot every time. Yay. I also finally put up a couple of our stickers on my mirror in front of it so I can look at our stickers all the time. Nice. I nice. Know. I know. I um, figured out how to deal with my sticker anxiety and um, I'm going to go get magnetic backing. And just glue all of our stickers onto magnets. <laughs> I guess that's one way to deal with it, you know? Yee. Yeah, no, that's that's a way. That's definitely a way to deal with it. So mm-hmm. how was Liz's week? <gasps> I'm so excited. I have news. I don't like when you tell me news because usually your news ends up giving me an anxiety attack. This might give you a wee bit of anxiety. See? But I'm very excited. I told you. Because... Because we're getting a kitten. Oh, that doesn't give me any anxiety. Oh. Okay. One of the girls that we played D&D with found her. She was Aww. just on hers lonesome. and so She looks like Baby Knox. She does, yeah. She looks exactly like Baby Knox, except her eyes are not, like, slightly different colored. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's really cute. Oh, my goodness. Um, her name is Abby, which is short for Abaddon the Slayer, the Destroyer. <laughs> also, I'd just like to say with the addition of your new cat, that means you and I have the exact same types and same amounts of animals now. Yes, it does. This is That's true exactly best friendhood. I don't know. Here's my thing. Yeah. Because obviously Izzy is Sadie, or one in the same. And then um, Russell and Ringo. The only difference is, is you have three boys and three girls, and we have, we'll have four girls and one boy. Nah, that's okay. It's close enough. You know, <laughs> Wait, the breed, you know. was wrong. Nope. Two girls and three boys, and we'll have yep. four girls and one boy. You tried. That's I okay. Did. It's, you know, it works out. It still works out. Yep. We um, weren't going to do it, but then our, because our, like, friend has been like hanging out with her and she's been staying at her place and so she found her on the streets and then brought her home and then she was like I think I'm gonna have to take her to a shelter like I like we can't can't have another cat here (laughs) so V's like babies can't go from home to shelter that's just sad it is sad especially for cats finally finally convinced she like texted me and she's all do you really want the cat and i was all yes obviously oh <laughs> well so, congrats 
Yeah, we were just concerned because we have to pay for Izzy's vet bill. So we're like, I don't know if we can, like, take her because we're going to have to take her to the vet and, like, see how old she is. Does she, like, is there anything? Because I know our cats have shots, but I don't want her having anything that's going to hurt ours. And none I don't of, know. I'm a parent. Yeah, I'm you're way more paranoid than concerned. me because none of my cats have shots. The only time my cats have ever been to see a vet is when there's actually something wrong because they're indoor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that i guess i don't know we just wanted to take her to the vet make sure everything was okay that was my biggest paranoia was that she was gonna have something wrong and we wouldn't know yeah because we couldn't take her to a vet right away because she was off the streets but she's from the streets she's from the streets from um, the streets but our friend was like I'll, i can take her to the vet like don't stress about that like i'll take her to the vet and then i can bring her to you guys so, oh that's really awesome yeah that's a win-win <gasps> Yeah, I get a cat. Yay! You'll have to uh, post. We'll have to post pictures of your new kitty to the Instagram when she arrives. Uh, hold on, I'm yes. sorry. My dog is just freaking out in the background. I don't know if somebody's knocking at the door or not. I don't know what the fuck she was barking at, but Chris left and didn't even say anything. <laughs> He's like, bye. So when's the new kitty supposed to arrive? Uh, hopefully this weekend. So I gotta go get another litter box. Yes, you do. You should invest in one of the ones like I have. I was thinking about it, but I don't know yet. Probably just gonna get like a little plastic one for now, but I would like one like yours. Got another food bowl. Well, honestly, though, like since I bought that litter box, it might like, I'm not gonna lie. If it's like an out of sight, out of mind thing, I'm really bad about emptying the litter box. And mm-hmm. this is so easy to maintain with all three of the cats. Nice. Yeah, cool. Or yeah, that's our money. problem right now. Is because like you don't think about it until you're in the office, and it's like fuck. And then it smells, and you're like fuck. Yeah, we don't ever have to deal with that anymore. Yep. Wow, Liz is over here just taking phone calls during the podcast. I know. Well, my mom's yeah. calling. Oh, that's okay. That's different. I'm just going to text her. Tell her I love her. My phone's at 3%, so we'll see how this goes. You are literally in a home with electricity, and I'm sure there is a charger. Why? Where is your charger, Liz? In the bedroom. Why don't you have a charger for every room of your house? We only have one. Two, technically. Buy another one! Wait, I'm so confused. It said my mom was calling, but then V just texted me. What is happening? I don't know. One second. So other than the new household member. I'm applying for a new job. Fucking finally. Cool. Yes. I like that. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's called gore. And depending on what position I get, I could be doing water testing or I could be working at a manufacturing place on an assembly line. Is it a temp agency? No, 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 no. Oh, it's just okay. a massive. It's just a massive company. They do fucking everything. They're what like the Disney of Flagstaff. That's, I, okay. They like literally have their hands in a little bit of everything. Are you still gonna be good for the Vegas trip? Yes. Okay, gotta make That's sure. That's also another kind of reason that I'm doing it because I don't know. Work's getting weird right now. Everyone's stressed, and I'm just like, eh. And uh, I will only, so the problem is, is I'd be working Monday through Fridays. So we might have to do like Thursday night okay. recording. Do you know what time until? No. Okay. I don't. Because 
our schedule is also changing a little bit. Oh. Mm-hmm. As of right now, two days a week, I have to work 11 to 7. Weird. Yep. So that's that. Anyways, long week over here. Yes, it sounds like. But I deep cleaned my bathroom. Oh, no. Yay. I deep cleaned my bathroom. I put up my desk. I got a new cat tree. It's kind of like the one that you had, too. It's really similar. Yeah, and the cats really do enjoy it. So that was all in all, like, it was an uneventful week. I'll take it to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have a, a big event happening this weekend at work. So Oh yeah. Not too excited about that, but fuck it, I guess. I right. still like I was, my manager texted me was like, "Are you okay working at like 11 to 7?" And I was all, "Fuck yeah, I thought I was going to have to work 8 to 7, so I'll take 11 to 7." Yeah. I know Monday I Monday is one of my late days, but because it's gonna be like memorial day or labor day i don't know which one i think it's memorial day it's labor day labor day but because it's a holiday we can take a half day and i was like because we get paid double time yeah so we can take a half day and i was like well i mean i still have to be there till seven at night so i kind of haven't decided if i'm just gonna like take the l and go in at 10 or if i'm gonna or i mean opposite of that if i'm gonna go in at 10 and get the whole time like double time day or if i'm just gonna take the l and go in at one. Mm-hmm. I don't know yet. I haven't decided. I'll figure it out well, eventually. I have good. the week. There you go. Two seconds. I need to go grab my charger. Anyways, let's get into this intro. Let's do it. Hi guys, I'm Liz. And I'm Allie. And welcome to That Shit Is Fucked. AKA TSIF. If it's weird, spooky, creepy, or just fucked up, we're gonna talk about it. So if you're into the fucked up shit like we are, strap on in and we'll take you for a ride. Buckle up, motherfuckers! I do have one more piece of exciting news to state. State. Say. Yes. To inform you of is... I don't know if that was charging. Is that your girl actually got good sleep last night because... I don't know why, but I took a melatonin before I went to bed, and I was like, if I'm going to test it out, I'm going to do it on my day off, so, like, if I'm super fucking groggy tomorrow, it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm solid. Oh, yeah. I got energy. I've maintained energy. I still don't have motivation, but I feel like that's a whole different thing. That's a different problem. That's an an internal struggle, but I'm not fucking tired, so we'll see how long that lasts. I... have been pretty tired this whole week to be honest it might not hurt to start i'm just gonna start overdosing on melatonin i've taken melatonin but i think because i smoke it just doesn't oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't really do the trick for your old girl over here and we're back and we're back Sorry, my mother just stresses me out. No, that's okay. I love your mom. All right, so this case, it really did fascinate me. Fascinate me. It really did fascinate me. I loved learning about it. And actually, I feel like, I feel like you're going to draw similarities to an earlier case that we've done. But I'm not going to tell you what it is until later because I want to see if you are on the same wavelength as I am. Cool. All right, let's dive in. So we're going to talk about a, a little Christmas story this week, but... As you can expect, it's, you know, a little fucked up. And I I actually did kind of want to wait for Christmas 
for this one, but you know, every day is Christmas if you truly believe. So here we are. This is the case of the Sodder children. The Sodder children? The Sodder children, yes. For the record, that is their last name. Just so you know. I would fucking... That's well, not I just, like their group name. <laughs> well, you know, they weren't Sodder. They're the Sodder children. Okay. Well, yeah, exactly. Like they're bandmates and that's their, their, band their group mates. name. They're, are they, they're all related then. Yes. Uh, so George and Jenny Sodder lived in Fayetteville, North Carolina with their nine children. George God was born... Damn. I know. Like, I just... You know, I'm just... They actually had 10 children. One of them was away. And we'll get to that. But, like, that's just ridiculous. And we wonder why we have overpopulation problems. It's because of this shit right here. Like, 10 fucking children. That's the fucked up part of the story. (laughs) That you had that many children. Yeah. That's that's what makes the story so fucked up. So, George and Jenny Sauter, they lived in Fayetteville, North Carolina. They had nine children that were living with them at the time. And George was born in 1894. He immigrated to the U.S. in 1908 from Tula, Sardinia, which I believe was like somewhere in or near Italy. And at 13, <laughs> he, I guess his like. Just the, the vague area of Italy. <laughs> yes. His, I believe his brother like traveled with him to the U.S., but basically like he left him in the U.S. to go back to Italy. He just dropped him off. So he was 13 years old. And he was on his own in a new country. Damn. Yeah. Now, George ended up moving to Smithers, West Virginia, and he carved his path to success. Uh, Sauter owned his own trunking, trunking, trucking company. And that's when he, around the time he met Jenny Cipriani, Cipriani, one of the two. Cipriani. As you can can imagine by that last name, Jenny had also immigrated from Italy when she was only three years old. So they basically had something in common right off the bat. I'm sorry. I just imagined, like, little three-year-old with her hobo bag, like, let's fucking do this. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly how it was. The two married, and by 1943, had their ten children together. Just, ugh. Ten Prizing. children. Can you imagine? Yeah. Birthing, birthing ten, ten children. Yeah. I know. That sounds fucking awful. It does. It does sound terrible. Now, this was interesting to me because surprisingly, Fayetteville, North Carolina had a small Italian immigrant community that was actually pretty active, which is weird for North Carolina. To me, like, I don't know. That seems strange. It's it's random. I don't know Mm -hmm. that it's strange. It's just random of all the places to find like. Yeah. (laughs) Like New York. That makes sense. Uh, The areas surrounding New York, like immediately makes sense. But all the way down to North Carolina. Cool. But apparently the Sauters were pretty well liked in their small town. They were, I believe, a middle class family. Um, and they didn't they didn't bother anybody as far as any of the articles that I read said. And they so that's just a little history on the family itself. Here's the juicy stuff. Oh, so the, get to the, the juicy s- bits. I like chicken. Nope. <laughs> juicy chicken. You got it. It's fine. Look at all those chickens. Chickens. So uh, the Sauter family had settled into bed on the early hours of Christmas Day in 1945 after staying up late celebrating the holiday. Five of their children had asked to stay up a little bit later and their parents allowed them to. I guess one of the older siblings had fallen asleep on the couch and Jenny was woken up at around midnight when the mom 
uh, when the phone rang. And when she answered, it was a woman asked to speak with somebody that Jenny didn't know. So she was like, I don't, you have the wrong number. And Jenny said she remembered hearing like talking and glasses clinking and laughter in the background. And then the the other woman hung up. I'm sorry. That just gives me uh, the strangers vibes. What was that? What was her name? Starts with a T. Is is Tanya? I don't think I've seen the strangers. It's based off of a real case, but I can't remember what the name was that they used. It's like Tanya. Or I think I remember them talking Tanya. about it. And, and that's why we drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are the vibes I'm getting so far. I was going to say something else. Fuck. I got sucked into that trying to figure out what her name was, and now I don't remember. I'm sure you'll remember once I move on. Probably. So after the call ended, uh, Jenny noticed that all the lights had been left on, the doors were left unlocked, things like that. So she went around and kind of closed down the house for the night, as you do when you're getting ready for bed, even though her children were supposed to do it, but she was like, whatever. Didn't think anything of it. She went back to bed. Fucking some people's children. I know. Some people's fucking children. Bitches. Fuck them kids. Bitches. An hour later. Not one out of all ten of them locked the doors. I know. Well, it was a different time. It was, you know, I the mean, mid-90s. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, you, like, I didn't fathom that phones were a thing. <laughs> I know. Isn't that weird? I didn't either. I was like, like were there phones? There were phones? They had phones? They had phones? Oh. Hmm. I was like, hmm. did I, like, when was this? 45 1945 is when this occurred i mean okay i guess yes I did and they were a middle class upper middle class family too so like probably more okay, likely to I have fun- better amenities maybe yeah i function that they had phones i guess in my head like you just said immigrants and so i was all back in the 1800s i know i know i phone. i'm not a history buff so like time is meaningless to me same yeah anyway that was just jarring like the phone rang and i was like wait what <laughs> excuse me i know i i when i read that i was like wait <laughs> is it like one of those old, real old phones you know what i'm talking about the real real old phones yeah Hello? yeah those Hello? big box things i don't even remember do you have to put your ear here and talk into this, or do you talk into this and put your ear here? I don't remember. Me neither. But in any case, <laughs> after she locked up the house, she went back to bed. Now, in about an hour later, so this would be about, like, near 1 o'clock in the morning, she was woken up again. I'd be pissed at this point, first of all. I don't oh, like getting yeah, woken no. up in the first place, but I'd be, I'd already be irritated that somebody was calling other houses, even if they got mine as the wrong number, at fucking midnight. I'd be more yeah. irritated that now I am woken up again. But she woke mm-hmm. up to hearing a loud thud and a rolling sound coming from the roof. But she went back to mm. sleep. Now look. Santa Claus is coming <laughs> to town. <laughs> what an apt time for that. But also, like, I'm not victim blaming. I don't want it to sound like I am. But I don't think I'd go back to sleep if I heard a thud on my roof. Especially not on Christmas night. I don't know. I'd be like. Either I'd be really curious, like, oh, my God, Santa really is real. Or I'd be like, like somebody's on my roof trying to murder me as Santa because it's Christmas night and psychopaths are just running rampant. I don't know. Because we all know that psychopaths run most rampant on Christmas Eve. Goddamn right. It's so much trauma (laughs) surrounding the holiday. There's all them mall Santas just come out at night. The freaks come out at night. Freaks come out at night. (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna get sued if we sing too much of that song be careful but anyways no so the bitch just went back to bed 
She's like, eh, whatever. Something rolling off of my roof. It's fine. No big I deal. I mean, she's probably either A, like, Maybe it's a reindeer maybe turd. It was one, maybe it was one of the kids and I'm down one last mouth to feed. <laughs> or. Or. She also has ten kids, so she's all fucking exhausted. They can do whatever the hell they want. Just. Let just me sleep. Me if you want. Just yeah. let me sleep. Maybe that's what it was, but... Now, half an hour later, at about 1.30, the parents were both awakened for a final time by smoke billowing into their room. They very quickly realized their house was on fire. Oh, I was all, smoke grenade! (laughs) (laughs) They dropped the first one. So, George actually did attempt to call the fire department before fleeing the house, but his phone wasn't working. And... Both parents, along with four of their 10 children, made it outside. There were only nine living at the house at the time because one of their children was actually away fighting in World War II. Okay. And and I guess as, like, George was running outside, he saw that the stairwell leading upstairs to, like, the kids' other, like, the other kids' rooms was, like, engulfed in flames, smoke, and all of that. So he couldn't, like, get up there initially. And so the kids that were outside were Sylvia, who was their youngest. She's two years old, and I believe she was sleeping in their room in a crib. So it was very quickly, quick and easy to grab her. Yeah, just scooping her on. Yeah. Now, Marion was 17, John was 23, and George Jr. was 16. All four of them and their two parents were safe outside. By all accounts, too, like, George did really try hard to free his children. He went as far as, like, breaking out one of his windows to get back inside to try to find an alternate route. And I guess he gashed his arm in the process. And then only, like, the only thing he came into was that the main floor of the home was just filled with smoke and fire. The flames were blocking the staircase. And so George suspected that his remaining five children had to be trapped upstairs in one of their bedrooms there. He went back outside and he was, he, so George always had a ladder kept like up on the side of the house. And he was like, oh my God, I can get this ladder and climb up to one of the windows and help my children get out. So when he went out to find the ladder, it was gone. Hmm. Someone's been tampering with my ladder. Now, he also attempted that, like, after the ladder was missing, he was like, okay, I can still get up there. So he, remember, he owned his own trucking company and he, like, did, like, coal transportation, I believe. And so he figured that he would still be able to get up there if he could get one of his trucks, pull it up to the side of the house and, uh, like, climb up through that. Climb on top. Yeah. Neither of his trucks would start. And then, like, as his absolute last-ditch effort, he attempted to throw rainwater. He had, like, a rainwater bucket. He attempted to throw rainwater on the fire, but the fucking water was frozen because it was winter. Yeah. And so, like, during this whole time, like, you know, the house is in flames. The family's standing outside. He's trying desperately to save his kids. And the whole time, he's, like, crying their names. Like, he's, like, yelling for them. Aww. Yelling out to them. Now, while this is going on, Marion, his 17-year-old daughter, attempted to call the fire department from a neighbor's house. Neither she nor another neighbor who attempted to call about the fire was able to reach the operator. And the neighbor who had tried to call herself, who had seen the fire, she literally had ended up having to drive to F.J. Morris's house, who was the fire chief. And... I guess, like, she got a hold of him, finally, and he set off, like, a phone tree. But the firefighters didn't arrive until 8 a.m., which is seven hours after the fire initially started. Damn. Yeah. The fire department was a whopping uh, two and a half miles away from the home. That's wild. Yeah. Well, and, like, by the time that they ended up arriving, there at this point, there 
the fire was, was out. Nothing like, left. It was yeah, yeah. No, it literally the the home was nothing more than ash. And one of the sources I read said that the chief claimed he was unable to drive the fire truck, which doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Why are you the fire chief if you can't drive the fire truck? Yeah, no, that makes no sense. That's like having a reality TV star as a president. I, I like I, I just. <laughs> doesn't make sense something doesn't add up here that's what happens when you elect professional like official positions (laughs) i guess so i'm just well here's the thing so due to the holiday it was also like kind of stated that like due to the holiday they couldn't get someone who could drive it until around that time and then another article did cite that there was a staffing problem due to the fact that it was a holiday the war was going on and apparently all like the local fire department there was actually volunteer based. All so right. like um, my question is, is were there not fire hydrants in, in the forties? Uh, that's a good question. To be honest, I, I, I don't know. And that like the lady hmm. in the tramp time. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. But I like all of it. Like, I guess you could explain it away with that, but it still seems just weird. It does. It does. If I'm not going to lie, I feel like I know this case but i don't remember enough of it and i'm just asking like was it a full moon was this full moon shit was someone that's a good question look up christmas <laughs> day 1945 and you can check the moon the moon cycle now here's where things start to get more weird though okay on christmas day and can you like just take a second to like imagine having that memory associated with christmas for the rest of your life the grounds were searched for the remains of maurice 14 martha 12 lewis 9 jenny 8 and betty 5 which were the five children Mm. that were apparently in the house there were none 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 at all none nothing nada zip zilch chief morris surmised to the family that the blaze must have incinerated the solder children like where they were and something Damn, else, though. What kind though, of incineration are they thinking happened? Someone came in with fucking, a fucking torch. Massive. Yeah. Just like well, well, and also something else to think about too. They're they're actually like none of the none of the sources that I read had any reports about hearing any screaming coming from the home. Now I'm not I'm not sure how loud a fire is. I've never seen a house fire in person, so I don't know if it's incredibly loud and it could drown out screaming. But there were five children. And if five children are stuck in a blazing fire on the second floor, I just feel like I would have heard screaming. Like, like there would not me personally, but like witnesses would have heard screaming. Someone would have heard screaming. Yeah. Yeah. It was not a full moon. The full moon was on the 19th of that Ah, year in December. It was coming out of full moon stage. Excellent. Thank you. So the state police inspector who looked over the property, he came and said that the fire was due to faulty wiring. Which was weird Bullshit. for several reasons, which some I'll get into later, but one of which was the home's Christmas lights were on during the fire, as were other lights inside of the house, like before the fire had been set. So had faulty wiring been the case, like a wiring malfunction like that should have cut the power from the house. So the pow- the, there shouldn't have been power at the house. Yeah. If it was due to mm. faulty wiring. Now, George began filling the area with dirt like the the basement area with dirt so that he could preserve the property as a memorial for his children and death certificates were issued with the cause of death being fire or suffocation but at that point the family was 
starting to suspect that their children were they they were still alive or at the very least they had not died in that fire yeah so the most prominent of the reasons for the family's suspicions is the most obvious one as well is that there were no remains the claim made by chief morris that the children had been cremated by the fire does not add up in any fucking way and i don't know if it's because the dude was a volunteer and just didn't know how fire worked on a human body i don't know it was the 40s so maybe they just weren't as educated on that kind of shit. However, one thing, there was no smell indicating burning flesh. And I don't know what burning flesh smells like, but I feel like it would be distinct. But also then again, would that smell be prominent enough to be detectable through the general smell of a house fire? Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, I could kind of go, I could, I that one I leaned away from. I was like, yeah, I'll mention it, but yeah, I could see maybe that smell not being an issue. But another important aspect to note is that many of their appliances were really badly burnt, but they were still intact enough to the point of recognition, right? So Mm -hmm. Jenny, the mom, ended up investigating this herself. She consulted with a local crematorium, and they told her it takes about two hours of around 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit temperature of uh, heat to fully cremate a body. Now, two problems here. One, the house fire lasted from... 30 minutes to an hour. Some sources said 30 minutes, some said an hour. So we'll say 30 minutes to an hour. The fire was just a blazing. Problem number one. Problem number two, I looked up what house fires, gen- like what temperature house fires generally get up to. And they usually only get up to a th- about a thousand degrees. So half the temperature and half the time does not add up to the incineration of five human bodies at all. Yeah. In any way. It doesn't make sense. No. Like, Make it make sense, damn it. And like... Even still, like, to fully cream in a body, like, you still have bone there. Exactly. And there was not... Jenny actually later on also tested these theories herself by, like, taking chicken bones, like, any bones she could find, and burning them in the oven and trying to, like, see what the results were. And according to the sources I read, she was never able to fully cremate them. So it just made so little sense that there were no skeletal remains. George had also learned of a similar house fire that people perished in and their skeletons were all found in the debris. Hmm. So if this was, if if those kids died in that fire, it is a freak, weird miracle of nature that their bodies would not be there at all. They had no bones. They were jelly sex. Ew. Well, the parents did bring this to the attention of the authorities and they asked them for further investigation, but they were turned away. Law enforcement citing that the coroner's determined cause of death gave no indication that a crime had been committed. That is stupid because the coroner would give a report on the death based off of the police report since there was no body to investigate. (laughs) Indeed. That makes no sense. Well, we're going to revisit that later, too. So this, but this wasn't like the only evidence, like the lack of bodies wasn't the only evidence stacking up to indicate that things kind of weren't what they seemed to be, right? So it was later discovered that the family's telephone line had not been burned. It had been cut, which really would have been quite the task. We've all seen a telephone pole. The pole is about 4.3 meters high and the line itself is out about 60 meters. So like that's a task to do. Mm-hmm. Telephone lines do not just get cut for no reason. I don't think squirrels are biting telephone lines. I could be wrong. I mean, if they did, they'd get electrocuted. Before they could chew through it'd, it, right? It would be an army of squirrels each having to take one nosh out of it and then slowly <laughs> collapsing as they died. 
So there should have been a pile of dead squirrels on the ground is what you're saying. Yes. If that was the case. Okay, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just my guess, unless someone was also tampering with the power and there was no power running to the telephone lines and then the squirrels got there. But that oh, just seems okay. like a whole, like, you know. That's like slavery. Someone was still steps. fucking with something. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so at the oh end of the day, goodness, somebody was fucking with something they shouldn't have been. So fun this fact, ended up. Quick, fun little story. Yeah. This is the neighborhood that I grew up in, this story. Mm-hmm. The internet went out one time for most of the neighborhood because some guy got pissed off and shot the the line. That is some redneckery. <laughs> that's so redneck. Like, that's something you should have, I should be telling you about for my, like, history of living in Alabama. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, no. Some guy got mad at the power lines and so he shot it with a, <laughs> shot it with a shotgun. Impressive. Mm-hmm. So with this kind of being presented to George at this point, he w- he ended up believing that his trucks must have been tampered with as they had been in good working order in the time leading up to the fire. Yeah. Like, obviously, if he does this for work, they'd have to be maintained regularly. Absolutely. Now, another little bit that popped up, the ladder. The little tiddly bit of ladder. Yes. So the ladder that was normally propped up on the side of the house was, it ended up being found in a in an embankment. I think it was like, one of the articles said it was hidden in the embankment. So I don't know if somebody like, if it was like literally deliberately covered or something. But at the end of the day, it was found in an embankment about 20 meters from the house. And like, the wind did not blow that ladder <laughs> 20 meters into an embankment. George did not take the ladder and pop it into the embankment. It's not like he misplaced it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot I was using it at the random embankment. Yeah. And it was just, like, tossed in there, too. Yeah. Like, it didn't... I don't... Like, from the way the it was accounted is that it wasn't kind of just, like, propped in the embankment as if, like, like the way you would prop it against a house if you were ready to climb up it or down it at any point it was literally just like tossed in the embankment Hmm. so it it had to have been put there pretty deliberately right and as the solders kind of began picking up the pieces of their family and they also started like putting flowers at the memorial site where he had put all like of the dirt in the like to fill the basement they also started piecing together some really strange occurrences that led up to the fire in october a man who was looking for work he wanted to like drive trucks and obviously like he was probably talking to george looking for a job but he went to the back of their house pointed at the fuse box and said this is gonna cause a fire someday that's shady like why is i mean i don't know if george was just giving him a tour of the house the way the way that every like source presented it was like homeboy just walked back there like what a fucking weirdo (laughs) so i don't know the whole like i wasn't there obviously but like I don't know, that seemed weird, but this was kind of, like, George just kind of brushed it off because he had recently had his home inspected and was told that his wiring was safe and working condition, nothing to worry about. And generally, if your shit's unsafe, the inspector will be like, hey, get this fixed. Yeah, like, odds are more likely that they're going to scam you into thinking that your wires are faulty. Yeah, exactly. Fix it. Not that they're going to scam you into being like, yeah, no, everything's fine. Exactly. Pay us less money. Exactly. So that was kind of like he brushed it off, but that was a little weird. And then later on, I think later on in October, I believe, another man tried selling George life insurance. And when he declined, the man became irate and began going off saying, and I quote, 
Your goddamn house is going up in smoke and your children are going to be destroyed. You are going to be paid for the dirty remarks you've made against Mussolini. And for those of us who aren't history buffs at all, um, Mussolini is an Italian dictator uh, who I believe was in power at the time or coming to power or going out of power. Must have been one of those three, but he was obviously very relevant at the time. George was very outspoken about his dislike for Mussolini. Even, like, he often would get into heated debates on the matter with other members of, like, his Italian community in the area. So although he was well-liked, like, just like any other human being, he argued with people over it. Yeah. But these, I mean, to be honest, these occurrences really didn't warrant much thought at the time. But, like, it's kind of like that hindsight is twenty twenty kind of thing. Looking back, they strike me as really out of place to happen. And, like, yes. their house goes up in flame, but, like, literally two different people said that their house was going to burn down. Yeah, and no, one of them shady. even said it had to do with the wiring. So that was weird. And then in early December, some of the children say they remember seeing people watching them from their car as they went home after school. Ew, I don't like that. Which is weird. At this point, like, the family visited the site fairly often after the fire. On one occasion, Sylvia, who was the two-year-old, she found a strange rubber object. I think this was after winter had passed and maybe, like, maybe snow was gone or I don't know, whatever. But George looked at it and he said that it looked like a napalm pineapple bomb that was used in warfare. So he and his wife actually ended up suspecting that that must have been the source of the thud and rolling that Jenny had heard half an hour before being awoken by the fire. Hmm. My only thing here, though, is if it was a bomb, wouldn't it have made like an actual like explosive noise? What is it called? Pineapple bomb. A napalm pineapple bomb. Napalm pineapple. Someone's going to come after me. I know. I had to look up on I had to look that up on my computer and I was like. Uh, I hope the FBI man watching me understands. But I feel like, I don't know, it just, it seems like if it was some sort of bomb, it would have made it's an a audible fucking, explosion. Yeah. It's a grenade. Yeah, exactly. So, it's like, a, I don't know. I, I don't know. That one was kind of weird to me, but okay. But they did find it there, and that's kind of a strange thing to find in the debris of your house fire, I will say. Yeah. And it was rubber. I don't know. So, what kind of lends credit to the fire having to do with whatever rolled off the roof that night was that there was a bus driver who claimed to have seen fireballs being thrown on the roof of the house. But two things here is what is that bus driver doing driving around at midnight, one o'clock in the morning? That's weird. I don't think buses run like that, but this was the 40s, so maybe they did. Buses buses run 24-7. Okay, then. So I will shut up about that. But also fireballs seem a little bit different than bombs. And like, yeah. if it was fireballs, like and they were actually the bombs, wouldn't we have seen more than one if it was multiple fireballs? Or or maybe somebody tried a bomb first and it didn't go off, so they started hawking fireballs? I don't know. Who's throwing fireballs? Super Mario ate the little fire flower and is just over here wrecking shit. Pew, 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 pew. I'm gonna wreck it. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Now, at this point, though, claims from people that had apparently seen the five missing children had begun popping up. Hmm. They, they had spread their photos around um, because the parents and the family really did not believe that the kids had died in the fire. And so there were claims that people had seen them in a passing car during the fire. Oh. Mm-hmm. A Don't waitress. Like I know, right? A waitress at a diner about 50 miles west of their hometown claimed to have served five children on Christmas morning, but she couldn't remember how many adults there were, which is... 
I don't know. That was weird to me because it's kind of like, well, why would you just remember five children? Like, yeah. what? What, why, what made the children so memorable and you that you could not also go, oh, they were with their what I thought were their parents or whatever. You know, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, that is very weird. Right. And then there was another sighting by a woman stating to have seen four children with four Italian adults in a South Carolina hotel a week after the fire. Uh, This is a quote from her. She said, I do not remember the exact date. However, the entire party did register at the hotel and stayed in a large room with several beds. They registered about midnight. I tried to talk to the children in a friendly manner, but the men appeared hostile and refused to allow me to talk to these children. One of the men looked at me in a hostile manner. He turned around and began talking rapidly in Italian. Immediately, the whole party stopped talking to me. I sensed that I was being frozen out, and so I said nothing more. They left early the next morning, which is weird. And that is weird. the fact that they happen to be Italian with four children when five children have supposedly gone missing, I don't know. That That's kind of weird to me. Yeah. So with all of these strange occurrences and sightings having kind of been popping up, Uh, This prompted the family to petition the FBI for help. Um, And then J. Edgar Hoover ended up responding to them. And this is his uh, quote from him. It says, although I would like to be of service, the matter related appears to be of a local uh, of a local character and does not come within the investigation jurisdiction of this bureau. However, the FBI did say they could help if they were invited into the investigation, much like vampires. But Fayetteville (laughs) law enforcement declined. Hmm. 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 They didn't let the vampires in. Nope. They were like, you they must said, not enter. Not today, Satan. <laughs> so at this point, the uh, the Sauter family's next option was to try to hire a private investigator. They found a man named C.C. Tinsley, which is a kind of a cool name. <laughs> like that's a, like that's I such like a private it. investigator name. It's C.C. Tinsley is the name, or an author. C.C. Tinsley, or an author. <laughs> So one of the first things he discovered was that one of the members of the coroner's jury was the same insurance salesman who had made threats to George about his house going up in flames just a few months earlier. Ooh. Mm-hmm. All right. It's coming back full circle. Yeah, as we know, it was those people, the coroners and whatnot, that decided to deem this fire due to electrical wiring. So little weird. And then during his investigation, he uh, Tinsley was also informed by a local that the fire chief had actually found what was believed to be a heart at the scene that he hid in a dynamite box and buried there. Which, why would... What? Why? Makes no sense. I'm sorry. One, where did you get the dynamite box from? They had those on every corner. Two... Just what? So uh, he actually... Tinsley actually, like, convinced Morris to show him where the heart was buried. And... Yeah, I believe, uh, like, a coroner or something, I don't know, somebody local that could look, a medical examiner, whatever, anyways, literally determined that it was actually beef liver and had never been touched by fire. So, again, why? All right. Right? Like, what? Yeah. When, I'm a- when I asked about this later on, Morris did say um, that he he had buried it there in hopes that the family would find it, and... Mm-hmm think it was maybe, like, one of their children's remains and give up the investigation. Which, why? Like, I don't know. Like, is it because he... Why would that... Why would that make him think that the investigation would end if they found their child in a dynamite box? That would just make me want to further the investigation because someone had then taken my child's heart and put it in a But also they got a beef liver. They got a beef liver. That looks nothing like a heart. Like, right? Like, why wouldn't you just, like... Literally, Find an actual like, it's heart the 40s. You could get beef heart animal. from the grocer, I'm sure. From the butcher. I don't know. Probably. 
Especially I know in North it was Carolina. it was weird. It was weird. But also like my question is did he want them to stop the investigation because like he like there was more going on than met the eye or did he want them to stop the investigation because he truly felt like no like these kids are dead like these parents are just wasting their lives. You know what I mean? I'm very curious. Yeah. In 1949, George went back to the scene with Oscar B. Hunter, who was a pathologist from the Washington, or from the Washington, D.C., from Washington, D.C., <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> and upon investigation, they actually uncovered four pieces of human vertebrae, which I was like, well, why wasn't that uncovered sooner? And it ended up being sent to the Smith- Smithsonian Institution. And this is the their statement. It says the human bones consist of four lumbar vertebrae belonging to one individual. Since the transverse recesses are fused, the age of this individual at death should have been 16 or 17 years. The top limited age should have been should be about 22 since the centra, which is normally fused at 23, is still infused. On this basis, the bones show greater skeletal maturation, mature, whatever, uh, than one would expect from a 14-year-old boy, the oldest missing solder child. It is, however, possible, although not probable, for a boy 14 and a half years old to show 16 to 17 maturation. They also noted that these bones were not damaged by fire, and it was pretty odd that they would be the only ones found there. It ended up being suspected that the bones were probably in the dirt that George had used to fill the basement when he was creating the memorial for his family. Yeah. Oh, But no. I will say this report did prompt, like, a, a, a hearing, but the case ended up being closed after two hearings in Charleston. The superintendent and, and I think, uh, oh, shoot, I forgot who the other one was, but the basically the case was considered closed at this point. They were like, it's hopeless. You know, your your children perished in the fire. Right. Yeah, just give up. That didn't stop them. They were like, no. So at this Good. point, they began passing out flyers and even ended up putting up a billboard on Route 16 that offered a $5,000 award that was later raised to $10,000 for information regarding their missing children. Several leads did come up through the years. Unfortunately, they were always dead ends. None of them ever panned out. People, I, I know at one point they hired an investigator to track down a man that was claimed to be their son and he took their money and never came back so that lead was also a dead end yeah in 1968 george sauter passed away he unfortunately never got any answers in his lifetime and jenny sauter died in 1989 after her husband's death she actually ended up putting a fence up around her home and began adding more rooms just to kind of i guess isolate herself Uh, She wore nothing but black after that fateful Christmas morning until the end of her life in mourning. And Sylvia, who was the youngest of the Sauter children, is the only one alive today. And she, along with the rest of her family until their deaths, believed that her siblings did not die in that fire. Now, it seems throughout this case, because I looked up, like, what are the theories behind it? The most common theory is that the fire in the children's disappearance was organized by the Italian mafia, Some theories imply that George Sauter had declined an offer to work for them, or this was done after an attempt to extort money from him that he, like, wouldn't cave on. Which I could kind of see that one. But why kidnap Mm -hmm. the kids? I don't know. That seems weird. Why kidnap five of the kids? Maybe you could only get five of them? Well, what's weird to me is kidnapping the children and then if, like, not using them for ransom. 
Yeah, I don't know. Is if that was the case. Yeah. yeah. His past was another kind of theory like that they ha- that they think maybe like had to do something with it because it was there wasn't a lot from his time in Italy and people really didn't know why he left, but he was also 13, so like I don't how what kind what, of serious drama could he have gotten into? Yeah, that's kind of my thought. I'm like what kind of like what did he really get into at 13 years old that he had to flee the country and now what fucking however many years later 20 whatever 20 30 years later like people are taking revenge on his children i don't know that one seems weird now if it were mafia related and any of the five missing children were still alive it would make sense why they would have never reached out to their family if they thought it might risk their parents or their other siblings safety it had also been suggested that this might have been done by somebody they knew who posed as somebody trying to like rescue them and get them out but again, the sister was supposedly sleeping on the couch in the living room. So where did they get out from? Unless the fire started, they got out via the ladder, and then the ladder got thrown into the embankment. Yeah. Or, hear me out, I don't think I ever saw this theory posed, but what if it was the kids? Okay, yeah, so nobody ever says that. Like, what if it was the children? Because those are the five that asked to stay up late, right? Yeah, that's, I I just, that sparked me as kind of strange. Like, what if this was all just the diversion to, like, fucking run away or some shit? Right, but then again, though, like, the five kids, I think the oldest was 14 years old and the youngest, let's see, I think the youngest was, like, four. So that's, see, I don't know, that, it still seems a little, oh, five. The youngest was five. So five to 14 years old. That just seems a little bit of a stretch. Like what five-year-old is going to arrange a grand scheme to set their house on fire? Cut the power well, lines? I mean, because like, we also, for, don't forget, the power lines were cut. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of There's a lot going on. There, There's just a lot going on in this case. And we're never, I, this is one of those that we will literally probably never have an answer to. Yeah, because everyone involved is like dead now. Yeah, exactly. So, what case does this make you think of that we've covered? Um, I don't know. Which one is it supposed to remind me of? The, it made the Hinterkaifeck? me... Hinterkaifeck? Yes. I don't know. It just very much made me think of the Hinterkaifeck murders. Just in the Fair. fact that, like, weird occurrences happened before, happened during. Like, just a bunch of weird things that lined up to create a weird situation. Like, the whole time I was researching yeah. it, I was like, wow, this is just like the Hinterkaifeck murders. Hmm. 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 Here's my theory. The kids were fucking around with some otherworldly shit that they should not have been. Opened up a portal. Left through the portal, but the portal started a fire in the house. Okay. And then, what, a demon cut the power line? Or, I mean, cut the phone line? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ah. Excellent. I mean, it seems as plausible as any of the other theories at this point. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's our theory, and we're sticking to it. Or, (laughs) hear me out, aliens. Aliens. Probably. So, I don't know. I I thought that I just, that is a really fascinating case to me. It's just, like, it's fascinating, but it's also very frustrating. Like, I'm very frustrated at it. That you're never going to have an answer? Yeah. Yeah, I feel. And you can't even, like, come up with, like, a fathomable like reasoning right like like the closest you can get is that the kids were kidnapped and then they set the house on fire yeah but why would you kidnap children if not to use them for something yeah exactly so there's one for you guys to think on for a while Hmm. (laughs) 
I hope everybody mm. enjoyed this case. I almost started Ted Bundy. <gasps> Ooh. I really want to do him, but I don't know. <laughs> Ew. I really want to cover his cases. Case? Anyways. I would love to cover Ted Bundy, but I'm, I feel like I'm waiting for the right moment. You know? That's fair. I had to find the yeah. right moment to cover him. Because I know it's going to be a multi-parter. For sure. For surezies. So... It's coming at some point. I figured I wanted to try to give everybody a break from my signature multi-parters. <laughs> We're working our way through this book, so we might have a uh, multi-parter from Liz coming up here Ooh. sometime soon. You should take notes while you read or listen. <laughs> I I would, but I listen while I'm driving, so... Don't do that then. Just kidding. I wanted to skip the game this week because I just wanted to give a shout out to our patreons that have supported us throughout even though i know we closed it but i did want to give a shout out to everybody because i have a nice desk that i can work from now and it makes my workspace a lot easier to deal with and i can do my research easier and i can keep my mic set up easier so thank you andy thanks andy thank you brianna thanks brianna And thank you, Tiff. Thanks, Tiff. We really appreciate you guys. And again, this is making my quality of work so much better. Yay. Woo! We bid you adieu. Uh, Don't forget to give us a like, a follow, a subscribe, whatever you... Whatever the website calls for on our Instagram, Twitter, and our Facebook, they are all at the TSIF podcast or slash the TSIF podcast if you're putting it in a web browser. And hey, if you ever want to tell us a story or write to us, our email is the TSIF podcast at gmail.com. We also have our website that you can do that through as well. And it has links to our uh, online store, which has our stickers for sale, which is shopbigcartel.com slash the TSIF podcast. And of course, our website's URL is thetsifpodcast.wix.site forward slash thetsifpodcast. And I think that's what we got for you guys. So hope you enjoyed and we will see you next week. Or you'll hear us more, more likely. <laughs> you'll hear we us might next see you. week. We might see some of you. I mean, I, I see won't. some of I my listeners regularly. Of Liz, you're yeah, like, you're I like the, you're like the faceless wonder over here. <laughs> All right, guys, we're out. Bye. Bye.